Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. I just I love that, that we got to have some Christmas carols today, and and but it's glory filled. Like I, I just love the glory filled Christmas carols. Good morning, those of you who are watching online. Um, we love you guys, miss you, and as I keep saying, and hope you're hearing a little bit of a pleading in there, need to get the family back together. We're missing everybody. It's not the same without everybody here, but, uh, but we're, we're thankful for those of you who could be here too today, and, and uh, but somehow the Lord is able to merge it all together in the Spirit, right? So that's good. Um, I want to give you guys a quick building update before I get into my message. Um, for those of you who are visiting, we are in this building transitionally because we're, uh, we're, we're getting a building renovated for us in Carmel. And uh, yeah, it's been a long, long process, like, like a year, almost probably about a year and a quarter long that we started the journey of trying to get in that building and just dealing with city like bureaucracy and stuff and um, having to get contractual work done, uh, dealing with contractors and major renovations and stuff. So we're not buying it, we're renting it. <laughs> so it's a lot of work to rent, but it's going to be an amazing home for us as a church. And is anybody excited that we're going to have a home? It's pretty exciting. And uh, I want to say like, once we get in there, like it's ours and, and we get full access. We don't have to keep looking for places to rent. You guys don't have to keep looking online to see where we're meeting this week because we're going to know and it's going to be beautiful. And the worship team will have a place to have rehearsals. That'll be nice because <laughs> that's been a struggle for them. But um, I'm excited, though, because we're going we're gonna to have our own place where we can also like do classes again. Um, we don't have to try to arrange a location for that. And we're going to start doing regular uh, fellowship gatherings again next year. And we just really, um, you know, we, we want the presence, like there's nothing more important than the presence of God. So we really need to um, band together to cultivate that and to seek his, his presence together. And, and we just need to really be intentional about seeking his presence. Uh, but, but second, I believe to uh, his presence is, is cultivating a healthy kingdom family. And that's what, those are two of the most important parts of who we are as a church is, is presence and family. And then, then with that is, a, is, a, is cultivating a kingdom culture. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited. I really feel like getting into a building is going to be huge to help us get that going more. And I really hope that, um, you know, we'll, we'll get over the hump of whatever is causing people to uh, whatever y'all are, whatever the reasons are that you're not here yet, right now I'm hoping we'll get over the hump of that stuff soon. Um, we'll see how that, how that goes, but um, yeah, so the building update, um, we, we thought that there's a likelihood that things could be available to us to get in there this next week and hopefully have a Christmas service there next week, and let me just say if that happens, it'll be a uh, one of the biggest miracles we've ever seen in our life. All right, so we need, and we pray for miracles. I believe we're going to see miracles. But, uh, you know, I, I, I probably need a, 
upgrade of faith for that miracle. <laughs> um, the general contractor has done everything he can to try to meet a deadline that he set in his own mind, which was um, sometime this week. And I think he's going to actually reach it. He's done an amazing job. Um, his name's Jim Nelson, and some of you probably know who that is. But Jim is an incredible general contractor, and they have, they've busted their tails um, to try to meet their deadline. And by the way, I also want to give a kudos to our very own George Dreyer right here because he donated um, a lot of the insulation that we're going to have in, the, in our part of the building to help create more of a sound barrier between the sanctuary and the kids' room. If you could imagine, even from today, like <laughs> that's going to be a good thing to have. So thank you. Let's give George a hand for his donation on that. Um, he came out there and installed that a couple of weeks ago, so that was amazing, man. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, but things are coming along. They got the walls built. They got the doors hung that goes into our, our space. Um, there's about three glass custom-made doors that are emergency exit. Um, one of them goes in our space, and two of them goes in the, in the warehouse. And the warehouse has to all get done before we get occupancy, too. So the whole thing has to be fully finished to code. Um, so those should be getting here this week, I think. So that's awesome. They're going to start painting this week. And it's going to be a beautiful space, guys. I'm excited about it. You guys are staring at me like, a, like cows in a field, just... Are you, are you guys excited or am I just, do I have to like stir this in us? No, I, I'm, I'm messing with you. Um, <laughs> no, but you, all, you have your things on there. Maybe it's like the, 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 cow, the feeder thing that the cows use. I'm not sure. I'm messing. Um, <laughs> but but the, the reason, I think that all that stuff's going to be done soon. But, um, but the one thing that was kind of a, a new surprise to the building is that, they, is that the owner had to, uh, to put a new fire alarm system in. And that's not as simple as, you know, for us at home, we go grab a nine-volt a nine volt battery and stick that thing on the roof. But for building uh, city codes for, um, what, I don't know what I'm trying to say, industrial, commercial, yeah. Uh, it's a whole different deal. So um, that's what we're waiting for right now. Um, we, we don't know, what's that? No sprinklers. That, we had to build a fire separation wall out in the warehouse, which was a crazy amount of money uh, and a lot of work to get that thing built. But that, that created a, a fire coating for us that, that made it work instead of doing sprinklers. But the fire alarm, um, they had to hit the, whoever does it, had to create a plan and then submit it to the state. Got to wait for the state for the approval and then, and then he can do it and we're going into holiday time it's just crazy so it's it's yet another another delay of the many that runs off of a paper that we could make a list of of all the things that have extended the time that this has caused but I believe we'll probably be in there in early January but we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes I hope so it'd be awesome if we could like have like a New Year's service in there that would be a great way to start off next year I think what about you awesome um, cool. So with all that said, let's transition into the message. Um, and it is exactly 11:11 right now, which I love that. If, and uh, you guys have heard me say this before, but um, often I see that number and, it, and to me it's a, 
And I think to a lot of people, actually, it's a number that God flashes before people. And it has meaning to me, uh, transition into, it's like propelling you, transition you into greater things or advancement. And uh, I believe that that's, I believe God's even saying that as I'm talking about that building right now, that, you know, we're about to transition into a new season as a church. I'm excited about that. All right, guys, um, here we go. That's funny because I literally said we're transitioning <laughs> to this message when I saw the 11-11. Sorry, that's just cool to me. You guys doing all right? Cool. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to talk about Christmas today, but it's not, it's not so much the normal Christmas traditional story. Um, I want to talk about the purposes for Christmas and, and what, and the power of Christmas. Um, I was, I was just remembering a fun um, memory that I have as a child. We have, we, we've always had traditions in our family and one of my favorite ones was going to my grandma Cup's house uh, on Christmas Eve every year. All the aunts and uncles, cousins, everybody would be there packed into her little home. And uh, before we do present time, um, it was our tradition that, um, that we, they would pass out to everybody a little white candle and grandpa would get the big red candle because he's the, he's the dude. Um, but we'd, have, we'd all have a little white candle and it'd be lit, and they'd turn the lights off so the room glows pretty, and, and we'd sing a couple of Christmas carols, and, uh, and my grandpa would always share the Christmas story, and, and then we would end by singing Happy Birthday to Jesus. Super cool. And I remember this one year that while he was telling that story as a kid, like it, it felt pretty long, and uh, probably how some of the kids might feel when I'm preaching sometimes. But, uh, but I was sitting there looking at the candle, holding it down here, and just seeing the, the glow circle around it and everything. I'm like, that's amazing. And I was sitting by my cousin. We were both looking at our candles, and I was like going like this. And I had no idea what I was about to learn. I was about to learn something that I would know for the rest of my life, that when you get this close, it singes everything on your front of your head. And my bangs went, they singed up like the almost like nothing and my eyebrows singed <laughs> and I had to run to the bathroom I started going like this and they just flaked off so I was like a natural kind of like a haircut it was nice <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous and you could smell it all over the room it smelled beautiful so that that's pretty fun um in Matthew 1 23 Matthew chapter 1 it tells the story of of Gabriel um, encountering Joseph and telling him that his, his fiance did not sin, that, that this truly was um, God overshadowing her. And, and he, tells her, he tells Joseph they're going to they're gonna need to name him Jesus because that means Savior. And in Matthew 1.23, and it comes from Isaiah 7.14, um, it says this was all to fulfill this prophecy from Isaiah, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name. Does anybody know the name? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? God is with us. I think we could just pause right there. God is with us. And I think we should pause right there. 
because I want us to take a moment and just meditate on that truth that God is with us. And he's with us right now. And here's the deal. He's always with us, and you can't get away with him being with us. What we can do that makes it feel like he's not with us is take our eyes off of him and off of that truth. And when we get distracted, we can forget that he's with us, but the Lord always wants us to remember to turn our eyes back to him so that we can encounter Emmanuel. God is with us. And I I want us to take a moment right now just to look into his face. Lord, we love you so much. Lord, we love you. Whoa, thank you, Lord. We love you so much. I feel your presence. Thank you, Lord. I ask you, Lord God, to to saturate us with your presence right now. And, And I just pray for every single person that's in here and that's watching and listening who's hungry for you, Lord, that they will stop and look to you and they'll feel your presence or they'll sense your presence all around them and in them, Lord, right now. Because God, Christmas, we love the, the decorations and the songs and the presents and the movies and cartoons, Lord, but, but it's nothing, none of that compares to encountering you, Lord. And you gave us the best Christmas present. You gave us the best gift, Lord. We look to you right now. We look to you right now in Jesus' name. And I pray that you'll encounter us, Lord. I pray that even during the, the rest of this, uh, this service, God, the, the Holy Spirit, that you'll flow in this room and, and, and wherever people are that are watching or listening online, that you'll flow right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, and you'll bring power, Lord. Power that changes circumstances, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I, I, I read somewhere... Uh, just a couple of days ago, and I couldn't remember what I read, but there's someone who, who is releasing a prophetic word, and they said that, that we are coming into an Emmanuel time. Come on. I want to say that God is with us, and he has been since the day that Jesus came to this earth. He's been, he's been with us from the beginning of when he created this earth. But it's like every time he gifts himself to us more he doesn't gift himself and then remove himself he gifts himself so he can remain amen and God is with us but there's something about the season that we're in right now and I don't just mean Christmas season but let's hone in during Christmas season this is an Emmanuel season it's a season for us to see God show up in mighty ways Because we believe that God's going to show up in mighty ways and do things we've never seen before on this earth. And there's so much prophetic promise, and it comes through the the modern prophets, but it comes through the Word. That there's there's a move of God that's about to pour out into the world. And it's he's already moving. Like he's it's not like we're waiting for him to drop a date on us. He's waiting for us to recognize that he's here and that he's waiting on us to engage with him at that level so that he can flow in our midst and do it through us. He's not just going to do it to us, he's going to do it through us. Amen? 
But he's, he's, it's, like, it's like we're waiting for God to come. He's waiting for us to show up. And a lot of what the world's experiencing that is horrible right now, there's a clashing of, of kingdoms happening like never before right now. And, and the fact is that the church has been asleep for way too long. And it's time for the church to wake up. I'm not going to be a preacher that's going to go around dogging other churches and saying the Lord has a select few and the other ones are, are they're, they're not really even what God considers a church. No way. He's just asking people to wake up and engage with what He's doing because He's got more to come. Amen? God is with us. This is an Emmanuel time. Come on. Christmas is about the presence of God. In God's mind, Christmas is about heaven and earth converging. It's about the Father bringing His children back into His arms. And Jesus is the only way. And it's not just about salvation. It's about deliverance and freedom. Come on. I want to I read a little bit out of Matthew 2, the wise man's story. I'm, gonna, I'm only going to read a couple of the verses in there because you all know this one. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men. It doesn't say three wise men, by the way. <laughs> it says, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he? who has been born King of the Jews. Everybody say, King of the Jews. Let me just say that Jesus was not the King of the Jews because He was given birth to a royal parent. Okay? And we know that. For we have seen His star in the east and have come to worship Him. And the next part of the story, it talks about how, how King Herod heard of this. He was troubled because he was afraid that somebody's going to come and take away his his heritage. And, uh, and so he actually, we know the story, he wanted to, he wanted to put a stop to this, just like, just like the spirit of the world wants to put a stop to any forward advancement that God's trying to initiate in this world. <clears throat> and, and then and they talked to him and they said, this is where he's going to be and this is why we believe that and this is why now is the time, basically. And it says uh, in verse 5, it says, uh, they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, this is the word, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So here's this little baby that was not even born to royalty, but, that, but heaven sees something in this baby that nobody else could see unless by divine revelation. That God was raising this child up to become a king and to be a ruler and a shepherd of God's people. <clears throat> it's amazing. All right, and then uh, I'm going to read verse 9 through 11. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced in exceedingly, in exceedingly great joy. <clears throat> verse 
And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Wow. Probably the first time in history when it was acceptable to worship a human being. Happened right then. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, myrrh, and a fruitcake. No. <laughs> I saw a funny meme that said, I think it was a, the Far Side comic or something, and it, it said, little did, we, little did we know there's actually a fourth wise man that got rejected, and there was an angel that sent him away because he had a fruitcake. It's hilarious. <laughs> But, but the reason I want to read this story is because these people were in tune with what was in God's heart through the prophecy that this baby is, is the coming king. God's king. Alright? And so as Jesus, you know, people didn't know him through his whole life. It wasn't until after he was baptized in the Spirit, had his time in the wilderness, and started performing miracles then, then eventually, like, people started seeing, it was unfolding little by little. This is the promised Messiah. This is the, this is the son of David. The, the prophets in the Old Testament referred to a Messiah coming. They, they, they called him the son of David. That's the Messiah. And so it wasn't until later that they started recognizing that this is the coming king. But, but the problem is that people... We're looking for a, a king, the son of David, to come and be another manifestation of a king like David who ruled a, a, a kingdom and an empire, a nation that was under oppression by an evil nation that, that was pressing them, was oppressing them. Okay? And, and just like David slayed Goliath and they crushed the Philistines who were their oppressors of the time, and in Jesus' day, they were under the oppression of Rome. And Israel is so familiar with being oppressed by other nations that did not love them. There's Egypt. There were the Philistines. There was Assyria. There was uh, Babylon and then Persia. And then, and then Rome. So over the centuries and millennia, there was different times when they got oppressed by different uh, different nations that, that was more powerful than them. People were expecting the Messiah to come to rescue them from the, the overlording, the rulership of tyrannical governments. And, and while they were watching the highways and the byways for the, for the Messiah King to come in, Jesus sneaked in through the back alley. And they had no idea. They had no idea. They were looking for someone who's going to look like what their idea of revival should look like. <laughs> their idea of what the move of God was going to look like. Their idea of what a, what a kingdom under God's rule and reign would look like. And they missed the whole thing. Because God's ways are higher than man's. Amen? Amen? They thought that he would establish kingdom the way they wanted him to do it. 
and God builds his kingdom with people who aren't trying to do it their way and get God involved with it, but are willing to lay their way down to find out what he's doing and shift away from the other things to come into what he's doing and do it his way. And it means laying something down. And, and the kingdom of God is not, it is, it is not in co- coordination with the kingdoms of this world. Now, let, I will say that God's desire and plans are to influence kingdoms of this world. And he has outcomes that he wants to influence and to help produce if people are willing to do things his way. But God's kingdom is not subservient to the kingdom of this earth. Earth. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. Come on. His kingdom is separate. His kingdom is other. His kingdom is holy and righteous. It's a different realm. It it does not... It doesn't have cahoots or coordinations with the spirit of this world. The spirit of this world won't tell you this, but it knows that it has to bow to the name of Jesus and confess that he is Lord. When Jesus came, he came to bring a kingdom. He came to bring a kingdom that defied the earthly kingdoms. Now in that, let me say this so that nobody would ever think falsely about where I'm, what I mean by that. Jesus has taught us to still respect the kingdoms, the earthly kingdoms that we're in. And that's why he said, give to God what is God's and give to Caesar what is Caesar's. So that doesn't mean that we aren't under the, under the authorities of this earth, but our allegiances are superior to that. Amen? And, and he is of a greater kingdom. So when Jesus came, he didn't come to, to conquer a government. He came to conquer the, tyr- the tyrant of all tyrants, Satan, and to crush every bit of grip that he has on anybody's life. And I'm going to read out of Isaiah 9 because it's got one of the most powerful verses about the Christmas baby in it. Isaiah 9, if you can turn your Bibles there. Usually when I read this one, I read just a couple of verses, but I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to read... Um, starting with verse 1 to verse 7. Uh, Before I do, though, I want to say this to you guys. As I mentioned, Israel was always familiar with being under oppression. And, And Isaiah was written in a season when the northern kingdom in Israel and the southern kingdom of Israel were in civil war with one another. They hated one another. And it, things just were not going well. And... Uh, and that was supposed to be God's people. And, but but he, there's a lot of prophetic words about that oppression is about to come as a result 
of the sins of, of the people not, not following God's ways. And so they, they knew that they were actually going to go into captivity because of these prophecies. And, but Isaiah 9 is a, is a prophetic word about the coming Messiah. And it's a word of great hope for Israel, knowing that they were going to be in oppression for a long time. And uh, it was written to encourage God's people about what to expect is going to come under the rule of, sorry, what to expect from him, what he's going to do against the, the tyrannical oppression over them, okay? So I want you to know this. This prophetic word was, was written to people of that time who, who were under, Assyri- they were coming under the rule of Assyria and under the oppression of that, but it was going to be fulfilled in a later time, several hundred years later, to the same nation, Israel. But they were going to be under a different oppressor. It's going to be Rome, okay? So it's kind of like, it's, a, it's like a hope-filled word for people now that are under this one, but it's going to actually get fulfilled when people are under a similar circumstance, but it's different in the future. Does that make sense to you? So what I'm getting ready to read to you guys, you can kind of piece this together in both eras, but we're also going to talk about how these promises are for us under this era right now. Because Jesus came to release these things. What, what we're going to go after here is actually the anointings and purposes of Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. Why he showed up and, and it shows the, the benefits of us allowing him to come do what he does to us. Okay? You guys okay with this? Here we go. Starting with verse, nine, or verse 1. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. All right, I just want to stop right there because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop and make prophetic declarations each time there's something in here. I don't want to just read Scripture. The gloom will not be upon her who is, who is distressed. Hallelujah. Because I want to say that right now there's a lot of distressed people who probably are experiencing gloom and the Lord wants to break the gloom off of us in Jesus name and if anybody's feeling distressed the Messiah Jesus Christ the anointed one wants to come visit you with his, with a with a power to break gloom to break distress off of you amen and if that's you, receive it now in Jesus' name. All right. As, as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan and Galilee of the Gentiles. I want to tell you that that's a prophetic word about the northern region that this, the, the Messiah is going to come in, in that northern region. And it says... In Galilee. Where did, where did Jesus start his ministry? In Galilee. He's called Jesus of Nazareth. That's in Galilee. So Zebulun and Naphtali is in that same area. Alright, so, so this is a word about Jesus coming. The people who walked in darkness have seen great light. Let's stop with that one. Because if anybody's experiencing darkness 
look to Jesus because he wants to reveal his, the light of his glory, the light of his hope, the light of his goodness. To break darkness in the name of Jesus. To break darkness in the name of Jesus. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Who is Jesus? The light of the world. Come on. I actually heard somebody last night, and I never heard this before, that when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, they said that he actually declared that on Hanukkah. Which, we're in Hanukkah right now, by the way. Okay? The light of the world. All right? Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them light has shined. I just declare any place that could be in your life, anything that's going on in your life, in this church, in this region, in this nation, in this world, in Jesus' name, that God wants to bring light and shine where there's darkness in the name of Jesus. Let Him shine into darkness in Jesus' name. He wants to expose what's hidden, but not for the sake of shame, for the sake of delivering unto freedom. You have been multiplied, or sorry, you have multiplied the nation. You have multiplied the nation. So the people thought that the, the Messiah was going to come and, and bring a nation. Bring, he was going to be a king of a nation. But what this really would mean is, is the kingdom of God. You have multiplied the kingdom of God. You have multiplied the kingdom of God. You've multiplied God's nation. That means it increases. It increases. It expands. There's more. And I want to tell you that we, we read the, the Gospels and Jesus had His 12. And then they expanded and they had their 70. And He had His... 5,000. But then you look in Acts and there was the church and the church expanded from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria to the utter ends of the earth. Because that's what Jesus does. And He doesn't ask presidents and kings if He can do it. Because He doesn't do it according to their system. Come on. And in the book of Acts, we read the greatest revival stories you could ever imagine. And those revival stories happen in places that hated the Christians, that hated Jesus, and they persecuted them. They stoned Stephen. They, they chopped the head off of James. Like it wasn't Sunday school, guys. These guys were living a kingdom because they knew something that was greater, so much greater, that was in their midst than, than just doing the, the religious routine of Christianity. It was so rich to them that it was worth dying for. Come on. That's a kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. And we get to experience it to the level that we believe it and long for it. I want to know the kingdom so richly 
that if I knew that I was about to lose my head, I want it. Come on. I, I want to I walk in the kingdom so much that, that if I think that it's going to cost me everything, like we don't even, up till now, we've not known what that could mean. Other people in different nations know what that means. We don't. But there is something so powerfully transformational that they, and, they, and even as Stephen was getting stoned to death, he, he saw Jesus at the right hand of his father because he had that kind of a connection to the kingdom. Come on. Like, like he knew that it didn't even matter. He's getting ready to step. Just to, just, he's going to step seamlessly. And this thing he's been walking in, he's just going to step into the eternal side of the veil of it. What if we're that in tune with heaven that it doesn't even matter so much? What comes against us because it's seamless? I, wanna, I want that kind of a life, guys. You've multiplied the nation. And, and what he did in Acts, he multiplied his kingdom despite the opposition of this world. And even Paul knew that Satan himself was trying to resist him at times. But he kept going forward and God kept expanding the kingdom because God is not limited to Satan or the governments of this world. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And, and so the, he still is expanding his nation, his kingdom today, 2,000 years later. And, and so we need to engage with the mission of heaven, continue staying with what he's doing, he's expanding his kingdom, and that's good news. It's a great commission. So you have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I declare over us right now, for the joy of the Lord to fill our hearts, because let me tell you, I've seen way too much gloom and distress with Christians Way too much gloom and distress. And that should not be where we're living from. It doesn't mean that we don't have hard times. It doesn't mean that we, that we aren't going to have moments where we're working through stuff. But if we stay under it, we're not engaging and in, in, in entering into our inheritances of all He's given to us because He's promised us joy. Increased joy. And the Bible says that in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. <laughs> Maybe we should exercise a laugh right now. Why don't you follow suit with me right now and let's do a laugh. <laughs> and smile with your laugh. <laughs> we need to, you've got to put a smile on it. Come on, let's laugh. You're watching on t online, laugh with us. Ha <laughs> Thank you, Lord. There, there's just too much, there's too much to complain about. But, but if, we're, if we're yielding to the earth kingdom, we're in the wrong place. We're, we're anchoring to the wrong source. And the joy of the Lord is our strength, guys. And I've seen, I've seen a, 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 a pulling back or I've seen a, a fizzling out of, of strength with people in this season, and it's not okay. 
I'm not saying that judgmentally. I'm saying that the Lord has joy for you and He wants to re-strengthen you in the name of Jesus. God's joy is not contingent on our circumstances. It's the joy of the Lord. God's always got joy, always. And He can give us the joy of the Lord. It's not self-induced. But we got to engage by faith. Sometimes it takes a lot of faith to be happy. <laughs> but, but we need to start exercising that faith muscle. Amen? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. So there's joy in the harvest, and the Lord wants to bring us harvest. There's so many layers of what harvest could mean. You've been sowing good seed. Trust the Lord, He's going to bring you a harvest. But we also want to see the harvest of the souls. And I believe that when it's talking about the Messiah coming, that there's going to be a harvesting of souls that have been under the oppression, not of Assyria, not of Rome, but of Satan. Some of the most free and happiest people I've ever met found Jesus while they were in prison for doing horrible crimes. Jesus doesn't need your circumstances to provide you your joy. He wants to be your joy wherever you are. Come on. One of my closest friends was in prison for drugs years ago, and now he... He's the pastor of a, of a church in Greenwood called Revive the World. It's Tony Costa. And he's one of the most anointed people I know in this area. He found Jesus in prison. And, and prison didn't stop him. That's where he, that's where he got his, his abundant life. Thank you, Lord. For, and, and verse 4 is, the, is the, probably the main verse I wanted to go after today. Check this out, because this is talking about God using Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, okay? I'm going to say this. I'm going to release this prophetically. For you have broken the yoke of his burden. You have broken the yoke of his burden. And the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. Jesus is the breaker of yokes. He's the crusher of the oppressors that put us in bondage. He's the bondage breaker. Come on. Thank you, Lord. You're the bondage breaker, Lord. Thank you. Lord, you're the bondage breaker. You are the anointed one, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I ask you, Lord God, to release your anointing right now on any place where there's bondage, Lord, and yokes of heaviness in Jesus' name, that you'll break every yoke right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as I said, that, that Jesus wasn't just thinking about national oppression, although I believe that it can go to that level, but he was thinking about the tyrant of tyrants, Satan, and all the bondage that He puts on, on people at all levels. 
that Jesus comes to break the yokes of bondage. And in Isaiah 10, 27, it's the next chapter over, it all comes together. It says, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The anointing breaks the yokes of bondage. His name is Jesus Christ. Christ is not His last name. It's who He is. The Anointed One. Jesus, the Messiah. The Anointed One. He's here. He's Emmanuel. He's here. And He's the Anointed One. And He brings His anointing to you wherever the need is. The New Living Translation says, in that day the Lord will end the bondage of His people. Come on. The Lord wants to break bondage. And that can, that can be on so many levels. It can be sins that you just can't shake off of you. He wants to break addictions. It can be fear. It can be the things that lie to you and tell you that you can't be free. It can be the anxieties that you struggle with or depression. It can be, it can be uh, broken relationships. It can be anything that has caused a person to be a victim of any form. He wants to bring a breaking of the bondages. He's the bondage breaker. The anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. And I just release that to anybody now in Jesus' name. Whatever the thing is that you feel like you don't have the power to overcome it, let His anointing come to you now in Jesus' name. Bondage be broken. In Jesus' name, I rebuke every yoke of bondage be broken by the power of Jesus Christ. If you've been struggling to get over the hump in your faith, the Lord wants to break the bondage. Whatever the resistance is. The Lord wants to break oppression over our nation. And the, the lethargy that's come to the, to the people and the body of Christ, He wants to break this stuff in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to I wanna tell you guys about something I saw that uh, there's a study done. It's, it says Americans' rating of their mental health as excellent. A demographic that compares 2019 to 2020. Because that's when COVID and all the craziness has happened, right? And I'm not going to read through all of it, but it just says in general, males, they were at 49% last year. They're at 41% this year. It's gone down 8%. Females, 37% last year. That's not good. But it went down to 27%. That's a difference of 10% in the wrong direction. All right? And it goes through all these different things. Republican Party, it was a 56% last year. And it's 41% this year. It's gone down 15 points. Independent... Or, Independent, 44% last year. It's gone down to 32%. 11 points. Democrat, 2019, a year ago, 2020, 
it went down one point, 29. So, that, so they only lost a point. All right? And it talks about races and marital status, age groups, household incomes. It breaks up the different uh, demographics, but every single one went to the negative in a year, except for one. Except for one. Guess which one this is? Religious service attendance. On the weekly level, people who are weekly attenders from 2019 is at 42%. It went up to 46%. It gained four points. That's amazing. Nearly weekly or monthly, it, w it went from 47% to 30%. Oh, that one went down. So it's only the weekly. <laughs> Pay attention to this. Weekly attendance. By this, I'm just going by, by this study. The, the, that's the one that people gained ground with mental health, was consistently gathering together with the saints. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's, there's something to, to take note of on that. The, the, the Lord, uh, the, the, the systems that the Lord has created for us and, and the, the, the things that He's called us into, the, when we do it the way that He's provided it, it actually brings breakthrough. Where, where the, the rest of the world is in a, in a decline with mental health, that the Lord has actually provided ways for us to actually gain ground. Come on. It's amazing. Thank you, God, for that. Reading on, I'm, I'm about to come to the final place of this. All right. Actually, with the bondage breaker and the anointing, I wanted to read what Jesus said in his first, what we think probably was his first sermon in the synagogue. Luke 4, 18 and 19. Jesus, the, the book was handed to him. It was, I believe it was Isaiah. If I remember right. It's Isaiah handed to him. And he read out of it. And, he, and after he read this, he said, this has been fulfilled today. Okay, and he's talking about himself showing up on the scene. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel or the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So when Jesus was sent into a manger as a pooping baby who, who was fully reliant upon a mom and a dad, was raised up to be as somebody that people didn't know who he was because he came down the back alley when people were looking for the highways and the byways and from the palaces. Jesus showed up in a way that they didn't expect to bring a kingdom that they did not expect but when he showed up on the, on the scene, he brought the spirit of the kingdom that he was bringing to us. The spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news. I want to tell you something about preaching and anointing. It's not just the ability to give a good message. It's about releasing the words from heaven 
and the, and the virtues of heaven coming forth and releasing the anointing that comes with it so that the power that's in the words can actually break the strongholds in people's lives where those words speak to. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Let the Lord speak to you. Let Him release His virtue to you where you need it. Right now even. Heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to captives. And I just declare in Jesus' name, liberty to captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. And this goes on both levels. Spiritually blind and physically blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. The Lord wants to set people free from oppression. To proclaim the acceptable, favorable year of the Lord. Come on, and that's now. The, the favorable, acceptable year of the Lord he set that in motion. It's not, it wasn't 365 days. It was the epic season that He brought to us through His rule and reign. The favorable year of the Lord. Thank You, Lord. So God's breaking off oppression off of His people through Jesus. God didn't do this by trying to change a government in order for people to be free he brought freedom to people despite the government. And Jesus said, <laughs> He said in John 16.33, He said, These things I have spoken to you that in Me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. He's not, trying to, he's not promising that we're not going to have hardship. But what He's promising is that we can have the riches of heaven despite hardship. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. I love that. Jesus has overcome the world, and He's bringing us into Him. And then in 1 John, written by the same man, in 5, verse 14, or 4 and 5, it says, Whatever was, is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And I just want to say this, that Jesus came to bring a kingdom to us that we can live in and live from, and that in him we can overcome this world. And that there's nothing that could come against us that has the ability to, to resist or defy our access to everything that God's given to us and promised us. The only way that it can do that is for us to yield ourselves to that and to believe that we are oppressed by those things. But, when, but this says, what, over, what is the victory of overcoming? It's our faith. So that means that we have to shift our faith from coming under the circumstances and letting them weigh us down, become yokes of bondage, to become oppression, things that will press down on us and make us feel, um, feel gloomy, feel distressed. 
Like the world is going to provide us a nice buffet of distress and, and depression and, and stress. We can stay under that and operate from that or our faith can come out from that system because that's not what we're subservient to and we can be free in his kingdom despite that. If tribulation comes against us, guess what? We can still have joy. That's why in James 1 it says, count it all joy when you face various trials. The joy is not from the trials, it's pulling it from the Lord despite the things that come against us. Amen? So I'm, I'm actually not going to read on. Maybe I'll finish the next part next week. But um, I, just, I just really felt like the Lord wanted me to speak into these things because that chapter is a prophetic word about the coming Messiah. And it goes into the part where it, it talks about unto us a child is born, unto us the Son is given. It's, a, it's one of the best Christmas verses ever. I'll probably declare that one over us next week for a Christmas service. But, but today I felt like leading up to that was really important to talk about. That the, 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 the Lord was speaking these promises to people under oppression. And we feel like we're in similar seasons right now. It doesn't look the same as that, but, but there's things that are weighing on people and honestly, it's, it's, it's caused, it's trying to oppress momentum of kingdom manifestation. We can't let this happen. But the only way is for us to engage with the kingdom of God and not, not come under the oppressiveness. Amen? And so I'm going to pray over us right now. And if you, if you want the Lord just to touch you Freshly right now, I want you to stand if you're able to. I've been, I've been really trying to increase in my personal life going after his presence and just seeking his presence more than before. And that's what the Lord wants to bring into our lives is more of his presence. But, it, but as I spoke last week, it's going to cost us something. And it's going to cost us letting go of something. It's going to cost us pushing in and seeking him. Because he's a, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I just want to pray for us that the Lord will draw us into his presence more and that he'll release his anointing every place that needs to be touched by his anointing. So if you, if you desire that, go ahead and just lift your hands to the Lord right now. And Lord, we do need your presence. We need your presence, Lord. We need you, Lord. Can you guys just cry out to him right now and just tell him you need him right now? We need you, Lord. We need your presence. Lord, we need you, God. We want to lay down anything we need to to have more of you. We need you more than anything else. Lord, just like Stephen, who was so connected to you that whatever was coming against him didn't matter because he's going to stay seamlessly connected with you intimately, Lord. We want to know you like that. We need to know you like that, Lord. And I ask you, God, to touch every person. Every person. Lord, I pray that you will, you will just by your grace, Lord God, just add manifest presence to us 
Increase, Lord. Bring the more. And I pray, Lord, even, even if the, what used to be a raging fire for You in hearts, Lord, even if that has dwindled down, Lord, Your Word says that You, would not even stuff, you wouldn't snuff out a smoldering wick. Lord, You protect that. Because You want that fire. And I pray You'll breathe on that fire, Lord. Breathe on that fire, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And help us to fan the fire into a mighty roaring flame. In Jesus' name, we need You. We need You. And Lord Jesus, the Messiah, I ask You just to come and minister in the Spirit of God and in the anointing, Lord, that breaks every yoke. Lord, that You'll come to each person, whether it's, whether it's oppression and yokes of bondage in the mindsets, Lord, I ask You to bring freedom to mindsets. I pray, Lord God, that if anybody's struggling with things, that it's just pulling them down, that You'll come and You'll break the chains right now in Jesus' name. Lord, let us experience the power that doesn't leave us the same. Lord, we want the power and the presence that, that, that we couldn't possibly stay the same as we did before you, before you touched us. In the name of Jesus. <clears throat> we pray for revival. God, not, not hype, Lord. We pray for revival that's Your presence being manifested and cultivating hunger, Lord, and repentance and, and laying down a lives that, that yearns for You and serves You with everything we have, Lord. We pray for revival to come in Jesus' name. Lord, that, that we will demonstrate a kingdom that, uh, that, that uh, shifts the atmosphere around us. Lord, that, that we would truly be who You call us to be, atmosphere shifters. Lord, that we don't come under atmospheres, we shift them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank You, Lord. We want to be demonstrators of Your kingdom. Lord, draw us in, Lord, in the secret places, and then send us out into the public places in Your power, Lord. We've got to see change. Got to see change. And I pray for the, for the, the part of our church that has, has not felt ready to come back yet. Lord, that You'll bless them and that You'll revitalize them in the name of Jesus. And I pray that any barriers that might cause people to not be able to go full throttle, Lord God, that You'll crush through those things in Jesus' name. Lord, we want our family back. I want my family back, Lord. In the name of Jesus. God, move. Lord, move in Jesus' name. Let there be no resistances that we will yield to. God, crush through these things in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we, ask, we actually ask You to crush the coronavirus. God, because that thing has been a crazy and, and wrong resistance. In Jesus' name, that You would crush that. Thank You, Lord. Bring freedom, God. In Jesus' name, like we've never seen it, Lord. We need to see revival. And, we're, and I'm dedicated to going all the way, Lord. And I, I pray that we all will do this together. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>